All right, what is up, Raider Nation football fans? Welcome to the very first episode of the Raiders Empire podcast. My name is Devin DeLeon, alongside my co-host, Jake Reggio. Jake, say what's up. What's going on, everybody? Good to be here. Good to be back for another year of Raider Nation football. Let's get it going. Let's go. I'm I'm saying, bro, that I gotta. I imagine you doing the like Chris Collinsworth slide into this right now. <laughs> Chris in the booth. Let's go. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Chris right, and I- dude, um, how's your quarantine first and foremost? Quarantine's been as great as it possibly can. You know, yeah. I've been watching old sporting clips, just doing what I can to stay afloat. It's horrendous to put it. It is, dude. A lot of Warzone, a lot of Madden for me. <laughs> a lot. Of- been watching been- back a lot of old good good memory footballs and. Some Raiders uh, at the Superdome 2016. Yeah. Some yep. Raiders, Steelers 2018. Raiders, Steelers stuff. Yeah, of course. 2019. It's been crazy, dude. Watching um, Broncos fail, as always. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Great. All right, brother. Let's get right into it. Got some, got some questions from some different people on Instagram. Uh, we came up with some of our own questions. Uh, dude, I got to say, draft weekend is one of my like favorite times of the entire football year. Four days, so baby. Like yeah, dude, as a football fan, as a Raider fan, more specifically, it's, like, just full of optimism. You know, you're going into a draft. We've got a lot of picks. It's another year, capital. Seems like we're always optimistic going into it. It's before all our dreams are crushed. So That's what it seems to be the common theme right now, but we have to stay yeah. optimistic. I mean, I, who doesn't love our draft last year? Absolutely loved I mean, it. I put it right up there with the, two, what is it, 2017 Saints draft class. I think those are the two of the best classes in the last, you know, eight or nine years, probably. Easily. When you can establish a franchise running back in a draft class, I mean, that makes the world Franchise running back, franchise defensive end, key cornerstone pieces. I mean, Cleveland Furl, you know, obviously has some development to do, but he's a, he's a guy that we liked, you know, as the dude that he is. He's a leader, so... It's a lot of franchise also, guys. Yeah. He could, I think he could be a Justin Tuck kind of player. No one that's going to be like, you know, all pro in, year in and year out, but a dude that's going to make his mark on the field and in the locker room. Right. I mean, he's just an athlete, man. You got to trust him. You got to exactly. trust him around the corner, but he's an athlete. He'll be there. I don't think we should worry about it yet. All right, dude, back to the, to this year's draft. Do you have an ideal draft choice at 12 or 19 or anything that you want to do? What does your ideal first round look like? My ideal first round, I feel like this is a lot of Raider Nation's ideal first round, is obviously an offensive weapon at 12. I love C.D. Lamb. I mean, I think that's the obvious number one wide receiver in this class. I know you can argue argue Judy and Ruggs, but I just don't think anybody has the playmaking that C.D. does. I mean, Ruggs definitely has that speed, but... CD's just an all-time playmaker, and I just think he'll fit in perfect. And then true. when we move to 19, I mean, that's where options blow open, I think. So I think we could look linebacker. I think we could look somewhere in the DB area. And I honestly think we can look another offensive player. Like, it's just wide open. At 19, I see um, I see a lot of things going with Jalen Johnson from Utah, that cornerback. Dude, that's I was gonna say that's that's something I'm falling more and more in love with is getting a playmaker at twelve, whether it be Judy or CD. CD's also my number one receiver in the draft. 
But then yeah. again, a lot of these guys would have been the number one receiver out of last year's draft too. So yeah, definitely an offensive playmaker at 12. And then at 19, you know, I love the idea of, because I feel like Mayock isn't going to be a guy that's going to be reaching for players that he wants. I don't think we're going to be reaching for Henderson at 12. Uh, you know, whether Kinlaw or, or Derek Brown is coming down to 12, I think that would blow open, blow wide open what we do there. Um, but at 19, I love the idea of trading back, especially if there's a wide receiver on the board that the Eagles love. Trading back to 21, mm-hmm. snagging one of their picks, and then we could even keep going back down later into the first round, uh, getting some draft capital, maybe getting a second rounder to pick up someone like, you know, Jalen Hurts or something. Uh, but I definitely love Jalen Johnson as a prospect, and I know he loves to be. He would he would love to be a Raider. Yeah, so dude. That's something dude, super intriguing is going down late. Exactly. Exactly. Another dude I absolutely love at 19 is Patrick Queen, LSU linebacker i yeah. just i mean i watched so much lsu football this year this past sure, year who didn't this year i mean they were the most exciting team to watch for sure um but patrick queen's just an all-around stud man if you have the option to get someone like kenneth murray or patrick queen in 19 and just completely solidify a, a whole position group you know because we have we have we only i feel like we only have one position group on our, on our entire team uh, that is just, you know, I don't know how much better it could get, and that's tight end. And if you yep. could go at linebacker, which was such a weak point for us last year, and you can completely turn it around, you know, get Littleton, Kwiatkowski, and free agency, and then we still have Markel Lee uh, re-signed, Nicholas Morrow re-signed, mm-hmm. and then we go ahead and we snag someone like Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, that instantly Check. becomes our best defensive group. Easily, easily. That jumps over our front four there yeah i mean a hundred percent you know obviously there are other bigger needs that we have but if you can get someone like patrick queen who's a fast dude i mean he's sideline to sideline i talked about in my last youtube video Mm -hmm. um that's he's gonna play really really well especially compared to quitkowski who i feel like is a hard hitter plays more kenneth murray style kenneth murray's a little bit more smash mouth what's the possibility that we go quarterback anytime in this draft do you think Um, there's possibility there Gruden might be tempted to get a guy if he falls especially if Tua falls which it's seeming more and more now people are concerned about his injuries I don't think he'll get all the way down to 12 but you know if a, if someone does fall down to 12 it's definitely going to be intriguing to either one trade back with a team that needs a quarterback and collect some draft capital or you know if a Herbert or a Tua is there at 12 uh it's going to be difficult for Gruden to pass up on those guys but I feel like Mayock has the wherewithal to maybe address some other holes on our team, whether it's corner, whether it's, you know, obviously about <laughs> Randall, but safety or, 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 or defensive tackle. If Derek Brown is there, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, did, I mean, so I, I sent you that tweet the other day saying, um, I, I forgot who it was talking about, but said um, NFL GMs are the farthest. Yeah. GMs are saying this is the farthest um, away that, all these analysts have been with their mock drafts that they're just not even close on the picks and everything. That just gets me. Exactly. Dude. Dude. Then that's that, that gets me hyped because that's exactly where Mayock excels. Mayock's been essentially an online GM for 32 teams. I believe is the quote that he said, you know, for his job previous to being our GM. Yeah. So this dude's been online. He's, he's run the show for a a long time. He's going to be, he's going to be, the star in this draft dude especially because you know all these dudes all these gms these especially these rookie gms aren't going to know what to do 
going into this online draft. It's out of their comfort zone. Right. They're going to be scared shitless while Mayock's going to be doing his thing. And I heard today, I've heard some rumors uh, kind of sparking up that if someone like Isaiah Simmons is there at seven, that we're going to try and leapfrog some teams and snag him. I mean, I don't think there's a possibility that it drops down to seven, to be honest. I think he's going to go, you know, if Detroit's going to take either Okuda or or Simmons. They'd be smarter to take Simmons in my book. But I think the Giants are also intrigued in Simmons. And obviously, offensive line are a big need for both of those teams. But offensive linemen are going to be going crazy, just like wide receiver in the first round of this draft, just like quarterback and a lot of a lot of other intriguing positions. Corner, it's, it's crazy deep for a lot of positions in this draft. It's going to be a good one. Crazy good draft class. Like, crazy man and the thing that kills me every time i look at all these mock drafts which i know i mean they're probably not even remotely close but in all these drafts i'm seeing justin jefferson going to the broncos and i just don't want that to happen i really Dude, don't yeah i mean Dude's the, too- the, the broncos all, there's like rumors that they're trying to go up to to 10 also and try to leapfrog us so that they can snag someone like cd or judy i heard they want judy and that's why they're going to try and trade up there to 10. Yeah. I mean, they're in the same boat as us, for sure, with yeah. needing a needing that playmaker with, I mean, I guess their fucking starting quarterback's going to be Locke. Drew Locke, so man. Have fun, whatever. We're going to see how he does this season. I mean, he kind of tore us up in a close one end of last year. Obviously, that, you know, Bron- I see a lot of Broncos fans in our mentions talking about that game. You know, obviously we decided to go go for two at the end of that game, but we don't need to go back into that season. That's over and done with. Yeah, I was gonna say we can move past that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll right. be reminiscing about that. This is kind of off topic, kind of a uh, uh, moving on a little bit here. But do you have a favorite Raider memory, whether it's live in person or you know watching a game on TV? Yeah, uh, easily. I mean, the live in person one's easy to say. That's last year against Pittsburgh with you. Yeah. Craziest game I've ever been to live, to be honest. That blocked field goal at the end is revolutionary. I mean, that changed how I saw the whole Raiders franchise because I've never, that was my first live game. So, yeah. I mean, growing up in Denver too, bro. Got to talk about growing up in Denver and coming to your first game at the Cully. Exactly. I mean, growing up in Denver my whole life, moved out here when we were, when I was six. So I've always just been getting so much hate for being a Raider fan. Yeah. It's, and it, you know, I honestly love it because I know that the Broncos are dog shit. So um, <laughs> it doesn't really bother me. It was brutal. And when they went 15. on that 15 and the whole Peyton Manning years, but. I mean, you got the whole experience, too. You got to take BART up to San Francisco and Oakland. Yeah, you're talking to the dudes on the BART station. They were talking about being from Denver and how, you know, this is obviously Raiders country, so. It's just a whole nother culture, man. It's so it's so crazy out there. Like, it's, it's, it's scary. Like, I don't want to use the word scary, but, like, it's intimidating when you first walk into Alameda and the Coliseum. But yeah, it's dude. the most welcoming place ever, and it should feel intimidating. Exactly. You're not supposed to be there, meaning you're wearing the oh, other. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be like. But once you're in, like, when you roll up there as a Raider fan, it's the best experience ever. Like, it really is. Nothing beats it. It's the most united crowd I've ever been a part of. 
And after the game, I mean, after that win was <laughs> awesome, electric. Electric. Dude, that was. I got videos of you dancing with the, yeah, you know, with the black to, hole up there, dude, in the clubs. You got that was a, that was a great game, dude. We got to meet Plunkett before that game and everything. Yeah, we went sideline. We met Plunky before the game. I forgot, man. Yeah. Dude, I snapped this crazy, just like crazy picture of Derek Carrier warming up too. It's just of his jersey and everything. The sun is like setting over the Coliseum. The sickest jersey, and then the sickest, the sickest photo ever. And then he catches the game winner, dude. I remember just putting yeah. the ball up, running into the end zone. Yeah, dude, dude that was a yeah. great game. Great times, dude. Great weekend, bro. Yeah, that definitely is my best Raider moment to this day. But we're hoping to get that Super Bowl to top that. So. Exactly, dude. I mean, we're going in. That's the biggest thing on everybody's minds is, you know, as good as our roster could get after this draft. We're going to have, you know, a lot of young players, but uh, going into new new areas, obviously, coming into the NFL, it's going to be a whole new world. But even for our veterans, you know, we're going into a new stadium, a new city. Um, you know, it's going to be the same fan base, loyal as ever, obviously, but there are going to be more more visiting fans because it's just the nature of playing in Vegas. Obviously, no one wants to come bring their family for a vacation in Oakland for a week to go watch the Raider game. But people are going to be in Vegas, and visitors are obviously going to be there. How do you see that affecting our our team this year, as good as our roster could get being in a new place? So here's the thing. Here's what I think about this. I love the move. I, I've told everyone how much I love the move. I mean, I'm a Vegas guy. I'm going to be living in Vegas next year, as a matter of fact kind of moving with the team it's cool but um i think that the fans because of this we're obviously going to lose a little home home field advantage but that just means the fans need to get nastier (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think the fans need to bring it even more this year i mean since there's going to be such a big crowd from these opposing teams like all these especially in our division man like all these yeah. teams and all the, all the actually on the East, mostly they're all going to want to fly out to Vegas to come watch their team play. Yeah. So it is going to be a lot different, but I don't think the Raiders fans are going to make, let this slip out of their hands one bit. I mean, uh, no the, chance. The best fan base is going to show up no matter what, you know? Exactly. I mean, yeah, they could be 50-50 split, and the Raiders fans are just going to get louder and dirtier than everybody else, and that's how we well, like it. Dude. We're a blue-collar team at heart. No matter how bougie our stadium is, we're a blue-collar team, we're a blue-collar fan base, and we're going to let you know it. Oh, and it's going to be bougie. I love it. It looks so <laughs> damn good, dude. dude. It's a spaceship. It really is. It, it looks like the Death Star. It I looks- tweeted about it. Imagine leaving that place at night, dude. Going to the strip after Raiders dub. I mean, me and you are both turning 21, dude. Going in. That's dangerous combo. We're both <laughs> turning 21 as the Raiders are moving into Vegas, dude. We're going to get loud. And we got a young team. A lot of young starters, dude. If this franchise turns around while we're ready to turn up, dude, in Vegas, in a new place, new stadium, same fans, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a time of life. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great, man. I, I'm beaming in joy right now. I heard that there's going to be a nightclub in the call, like in the, the stadium yeah, that stays open after the game. So if we get a W, we're just going to be raging at that nightclub 
all night. Don't even have to leave. <laughs> exactly, dude. We're going to be raging in the owl, the Death Star. I'm so excited, bro. Now, do you have any sneaky draft favorites that you hope slip? Anybody that has been on your radar that no one's really talking about, not getting any love? Anybody that you want to slip to us that you think we can acquire, whether it's, you know, trading down first round or, or late rounder? You know, one of the one of these offensive threats that I keep talking about, receiver wise, is Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. Man, yeah, I just I don't feel like he's been on a lot of people's radars. I I get that he's he's probably I think he's a top five receiver. They have him ranked yeah. at forty one here, but I could honestly see this dude going way earlier than forty one. Yeah, he, I mean he's six four, dude. He's he's a big dude too, and I mean. You know, this is talking about obviously in general, but Carr loves his big receivers. We saw that with Andre Holmes. Yeah. Uh, uh, his tight ends. He loves his tight ends. He loves and, those big guys, especially in the red zone. Yeah, exactly. And as we're talking about tight ends, might as well. He, as stacked as our tight ends are right now, I could honestly see us getting another one real late in in Moss from LSU. I was getting Thaddeus Moss, bro. Thaddeus, baby. Thaddeus Moss and. and- LSU is going to be creeping in those late rounds, and I could. I've easily... seen him mock to us a couple times late too. Yep, yep. So have I. So I could easily see that for us. I mean, that's a great addition. Behind all those bets, that would be insane. He would just learn and learn and learn, and then. It's true. Can you imagine a core with, you know, once once it's all said and done with Witten, could you see a core with? Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, and Thaddeus Moss. I mean, that's just the dirtiest core in the league if that happens. Yeah, it's nasty, for sure. And like, it would turn around the perceived notions, obviously, with, with Randy Moss, if his son came to came to the Raiders and just completely balled out. That's what I'm saying. Get another Moss name in the Raider organization. It would be nuts. It really that would. would. Be insanity. And he's good, I, man. Like, I can't believe this guy's this low on everybody's board but i know and he was great in the in the college playoffs too balled out bro balled out balled yeah i have a i have a couple dudes too i mean obviously jalen johnson is picking up a lot of steam just because especially in the raider nation i feel like he's flying under the radars of of other teams right now but on our big board i'd love to see if we can address both needs wide receiver and corner in the first round and we could trade back late and snag that dude i mean the kid can ball dude but i've got i've got kyle duggar also as an underrated safety i mean he was written off late in or early in his life and he's just a physical freak my dad was i was talking with my dad about you know a special about him how in high school he was he didn't get any offers all this stuff he was a small dude that that the high school coach was like give him an offer to different colleges he was like um watch him grow into his body i've met his family i've seen his like brothers he's gonna grow into his body he's gonna get tall he's gonna get big he's gonna be a physical freak and then sure enough the small school took a chance on him he balled out completely grew into himself he's got length i would love to see him there and early third round feels like a dream but we could move up into the late second round especially if we move back in the first four four nine forty time too i mean yeah I also love Denzel Mims, dude. I have him fourth actually on my on my receivers list. Right Mims. right in front of Justin Jefferson, right behind Henry Ruggs. Yep. I do like that, man. How do you feel about LaVisca Shanot from CU? 
I loved him starting off with different, like, earlier I loved him a little bit more than I do now just because I've been taking a look at other receivers and they've been climbing my boards. But he was a top five for me when initially when all this draft talk started, when the college football season was still going on. But he's kind of dipped down a little bit to me. Obviously, that's nothing against him. This receiver class is so stacked. It really is. I, I have him right behind Pittman in my on my sheet. Um, he's He is injury prone. I mean, he is coming off an, a surgery right now. But if you get the ball yeah. in his head, man, the dude's a playmaker after he catches He's a yak ball. guy for sure. All right, man, what do you think about this this whole Mariota car situation? It's – when we signed Marcus – it was very strange to me. I mean, like, I, I didn't think anybody really expected it. And everybody that thought when that after that signing happened that thought Mariota was going to just jump and be R1 is delusional. I mean, I that's agree. not what's going to happen one bit. Derek Carr is going to be starting the season. Derek Carr is going to have a good season because Marcus Mariota is going to be right behind him. I agree 100%. I feel like... Carr's leash is obviously short, you know, it has to be, but I, I feel like he is going to do better with competition. I mean, he hasn't had competition since Matt Schaub. If you like, if you can remember back that far to the, to those days with, with Matt Schaub being the clear cut number one starter until this young rookie Derek Carr balled out against Seattle in the preseason. Right. So I'm excited, you know, obviously we're paying him seven and a half million dollars, Marcus Mariota. We don't pay him that much just to come in here and back up DC I think we pay him that to to light a fire under DC. I think we pay him that because I mean, if we had if we had Mariota backing up Derek Carr in 2016, we would have whooped Brock Osweiler and the Texans. Oh, we're, I think yeah. More than ever, more than ever, backup quarterbacks have proven to be an essential roster need. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, man. I think it's a great addition now that now that I've actually like gotten to soak it up a little more. The more I'm liking it. Because yeah. that first day when it happened, I just I was very puzzled. Besides the fact that Mariota is gonna look dirty in the black and silver. Yeah. Dirty. I mean, he's gonna look so good, dude. Like it's I just be, and feel... he's an athletic freak too, dude. I mean, him yeah. and Derek Carr. I feel like DC doesn't use his athleticism as much as he should. We saw it early last year. You know, he's still diving over pylons and diving over players. Derek Carr's fast. He is. I believe he has like the seventh, the seventh fastest time in the of starting quarterbacks right now in the forty, dude. He can use his wheels, and I, I feel like if he can use his legs and escape pockets, I mean, not that it's going to be needed that much with our monstrous offensive line, but if he can do that, I mean, he's a, he's a threat to run. And Mariota obviously is too. There's been talk that we're going to use Mariota like a Taysom Hill kind of gadget player. I don't think we are, but you know, it's it's a it's the NFL's best insurance policy. Yeah, I agree. Backup quarterbacks are essential, but could you I mean, see Mariota coming out to a slot position? <laughs> yeah. He could do it. He could. I, I yeah. agree. Do you think that we could win back to our 2016 ways, or even better, with a great offense and a middle-of-the-pack defense? I Yeah, for sure. If we If we establish our draft needs... If we get that playmaker at 12 and then build our defense around our 19th pick, well, not necessarily build our defense, but add a defensive component at 19, then, yeah, I'd say we could, man. 
we'll have all the keys on offense after that. We'll have that running game with Jacobs, obviously, who's going to have an insane year and prove, well, he should be getting that McCaffrey contract. <laughs> We're going to have CD, hopefully, or another offensive weapon on the outside. We're going to have um, Renfro coming in and on the slot. We're going to have the insane tight end duo or trio or quad. I don't know how you say That's that. Bro. But yeah, easily, man. I think this is a stacked team if we address our trap draft needs. It really is. Like We're easily sitting in that wild card spot again. I, I see no way that we're not. We're better than True. the Broncos. We're better than... So at least the Chargers until they get a quarterback and address that need. We're better than the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor. Are they going to roll with Tyrod? I think that's all smoke. I think they're going to they're gonna go ahead and select Herbert or Tua. Um, I think the Tyrod, is, Tyrod thing is smoke. Unless I could see them maybe going, drafting, you know, Becton for their line and rolling with someone like Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, you know, trading for someone, a veteran, and then waiting till next year to address their QB needs because next year is going to be a crazy quarterback draft as well. It is, dude. T. Lawrence. So, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. If we even get college football, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But I agree 100%. I think, you know, I've referenced this a lot because I feel like if – you know, if you reverse it and you look at the Chicago Bears when, you know, when they were at the top, if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars when they were at the top, I mean, they have two stacked defenses with mediocre offenses, and you see that only works for about a year, you know, maybe two seasons. If we look at 2016, we were so good on offense, you uh-huh. know, we could put up 30 points on anybody. And right. our defense was, you know, middle of the pack, uh, bottom 50%. I feel like our defense right now is better than it was in 2016. So I feel like it all just rests on Paul Gunther to see if he can develop one, these young players and get these, get these guys rolling in Vegas. And obviously that's why we put in this whole Marinelli signing yeah, as much as to see Buckner go. Cause we all love Buckner. Right. But that's, that's why Gunther is on a short leash as well. Yeah. You know, if you can get these dudes rolling and get this defense producing, I think he's going to stay another season or two, but I mean, Marinelli's here primarily to be an insurance policy for Gunther. I don't think we fired Buckner because we didn't like Buckner. I feel like we fired Buckner because we needed an insurance policy uh, in case Gunther couldn't get these guys rolling with all the talent we're going to have on defense. Agreed, man. And, yeah, at, like you are saying, this this defensive class that we have right now is much better than that 2016 team, I think. I mean, Mullen's going to develop crazy. Trayvon, yeah, for sure. And, like, we're we're doing so much on the defensive side of the ball, too. With all these signings and everything, it's like we know there's an issue to address there, which which is good. I mean, when you have Mahomes in your division, you got to have a defense that can at least, you know, shut him down enough to where your offense can take over games. I think we're doing all the right things right now that need to be done in order to get this defense to the top, to the next next level, you know? We look at last year, we were 6-4. and four through 10 games in the playoffs through 12 weeks that late season collapse obviously you know people are talking about we hit a rookie wall because our team is so young and it's still developing we had injuries Renfro Tyrell Jacobs mm-hmm. I think that if we limit injuries obviously if you're six and four you can't there's no excuses for being seven and nine at the end of the year there's just no. horrendous you can't collapse like that 
you get, especially when you're supposed to have a, a franchise quarterback. We can't be letting stuff like that happen. But I mean, people were calling us the biggest, the biggest like underdog Cinderella story last year for a while. If if our team was that good, you know, six six wins through ten games. If we get these dudes developing the right way and we keep drafting well, I mean, with Mayock, I have no issues with our drafts. I, I feel like we're gonna be drafting well for as long as he's our GM. But we're gonna get this thing turned around. I feel like we really we really had sparks last season. If we can continue this year and not hit that wall, I think we're a wild card team at least on paper with talent. Especially after this draft coming up, I feel like we are 100% on paper a wild card team. Yes. I, I totally agree, man. All right, next question. This is kind of a random one, a little bit off topic. Do you have a favorite sports or football movie? My favorite sports or football movie? movie? I mean, my favorite sports movie is The Sandlot. That's easy. Yeah. Um, that's in the Hall of Fame. That's on the Mount Rushmore of all sports movies. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's probably, like, not even sports movie. That's my favorite movie of all time, probably. Yeah uh football movie i would probably say another og remember the titans it's probably yeah, a good one movie remember the titans what about dude, you i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of draft day with kevin oh, costner dude draft day was sneaky good man it's so good dude it's so <laughs> underrated people always shit on it i think it's such a good movie i think I should it's so know. good say that because that's such your fucking type of movie it's so good dude and it's like there's for me there's it's nothing cooler than seeing like the inside of a team you obviously there's right. so many it's, movies it's, about playing dude but what about behind the scenes in the war yeah. rooms that is so cool to me i agree it is super analytic it he pulls off some like crazy like trade at the end right what is yeah, it yeah like, dude dude he trades know. Get, like, he three. passes up on the franchise QB and goes with this like troubled running back, dude. It's so that's good. And Arian Foster is in the movie, dude. That's right, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody's it's like, such... "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> that's a, I feel like Arian Foster just randomly he just like goes on that list of like NFL players that just people forget about, but he was so good. He was so good as long as he was healthy. That's what killed him. Yeah. Dude. I feel like Matt Forte is up there too. Matt Forte was a he. I talked about this on my YouTube channel also. Matt Forte is one of the running backs that got me like addicted to football. My guy, even though he's a Charger, had to be LT that like he was that running yeah, back. Dude. Just watching those like Jesus, this dude's insane. But then, yeah, so like I know you and me love McFadden. He's like that. He's kind of like like our age range like that's like yeah our running back that we correlate with the raiders right now i feel like 100 percent. pretty soon it'll be jacobs no doubt um yeah dude these young these young raider fans they're gonna idolize this kid dude jacobs is awesome especially what he's been through and everything his story is so incredible he's just a dog bro i love it like whoever we get at 12 i think i'll probably get a jersey of them just because they'll be a like lamb jersey would be awesome for sure cd jersey would be so tight a queen jersey oh queen geez. would be dope even yeah. murray because murray is another dude that like raider yeah. fan wants to be a raider you can see it dude last question i think uh kind of building on top of the of what we were just talking about do you have a a player that 
made you like a fan, like a Raiders fan? Obviously, we're born into it, but do you have a player that that you remember just falling in love with, making you like love Raider football? My favorite Raider player is probably Woodson, bro. I like just watching that dude on the defensive end of the ball. Like he's just a straight ball hawk. It was so fun to watch him. Um, He was good every, he's like the LeBron dude. He he didn't age. Right. right. He didn't bro. He was 38 picking off Peyton Manning in the silver and black dude. I remember it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that too, dude. That's, that's one of the moments that like solidified it. I was like, okay. Yeah. fucking g so i grew up watching like tim brown highlights obviously uh-huh. he was a little bit little bit pre our era yeah but my dad just raised me on tim brown he had the jersey i also love dave casper weirdly enough casper he was like he was like the retro like like vintage raider player that i just knew too much about yeah if we're kicking it old school man like but lit but Litton coughs my boy like loved watching that dude there's just lester hayes ronnie lott just some even though jack lott, Tatum, dude such just yeah. a, just a dog there's just so many options when you go back howie i mean yeah it just it, dude, there's, yeah too many just think about that old raiders team like with all those guys playing in today's league i was gonna say the raiders all-time team how many how many wins do they win in the current NFL. I mean, if the refs don't get in the way, I I'm think we're a 16 win team, dude. Getting kicked out of the game, bro. Montez Perfect looks like a saint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys all for, for tuning in to episode one, the Raider Nation podcast. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we'll we'll definitely be back doing some – I think we're going to try to do a live stream for draft day, right? Yeah, we'll try and do a live stream for draft day. We'll definitely – uh, hop on the pod and talk about our picks right after day one and then every day after. Yeah, so we'll uh, we appreciate you guys. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned, everyone. All right, guys. Take it easy.